The horse leech has two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that never satisfy, yea, four things, say not, it is enough. The grave, the barren womb, the earth that is not fulfilled with water and fire that saith not, it is enough. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Help us to focus today, Father. Allow us to come to you with all that we are in our being and to attach our mind, our thoughts, and our desires on you and have the Holy Spirit control all aspects of our learning and our education in the spiritual realm today. May you be glorified and sanctified through the words that's being spoken through me today. Let me not, Lord, speak the things of man, but let the Lord Jesus Christ shone through in everything that is said and heard today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. The horse leech is a worm that attaches itself to the horse nose when the horse drinks in the pond. It sucks the blood out of the horse. We'll continue to suck out the blood until it's full and then just let go and have more babies, more leeches. Like the horse leech, the world begets bloodsuckers and they will suck the blood out of your life. And they will not relent until they suck every last drop out of you. Some of you, it could be your school. Some of you could be work. Some of you could be your children. We have unquenchable desires of the things that will never satisfy you. Now you know where it comes from. You keep getting things, you keep buying things, you keep desiring things, and you still want more. Because the devil leeches attach themselves to you, and whatever you get, they suck it out. So you're never satisfied. You can never satisfy until you get rid of these leeches. We can never be satisfied when we have these leeches attached to us. The unending need. The desire to be satisfied, of course, is the human need. We all need to be and want to be satisfied. We want to eat when we're hungry, we want to sleep when we're tired, or most of us. And then our need to be to have fun. The cycle of need that we go through, we eat and we satisfy or we get sick from it and then we eat again. You know, it's never ending. And we sleep and then we get up, we get all groggy and yet, you know, the next day we sleep again. But unfortunately, we live in this flesh and this flesh is sinful and now we do things not just because of enjoyment but we do things because of necessity. We need to, otherwise we would die. Acquisitive, three things. Wise King said, the first, the grave, the barren womb, and the dry earth. That makes up who we are. This unending need to have things. If you have that, that is part of our human desire. All things point to the cycle of need that cannot be met. You cannot fill the grave. It will always have room for more dead bodies. You cannot fill an empty womb. And you cannot dry the earth. Everything goes through it and then it keeps going through it. The fourth thing on this list is the fire that saith not, it is enough. The first three things are inert, but the fourth is not, it's active. The fourth is the fire. The fourth is something that cannot be quenched. Fire is something that the more you feed it, the more it grows. So the more you give, the more it will take, the more it grow, the more it expand, the more it consume, the more it needs, and the more you need to feed it. The more stuff you want, the more stuff you want. That place of want and need and cannot be satisfied is called hell. And Jesus says this, where their worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Don't think about you in hell. Think about is hell in you? 
Because if hell is in us, it cannot be quenched. It's like the raging fire. It's like the, those worms or those leeches that keep on taking and never satisfy. And that is why we keep going from one thing to the next and never satisfy. Because whatever you get into yourself, the worm, those leeches, would take them and consume them. But human can be infected with a type of worm called the tapeworm that attaches itself to your intestine. And whatever you eat, it takes. Never ending, never satisfied, it'll consume everything. One way to get rid of the leeches is to starve yourself. Then it will let go. Because it feeds on your food. It feeds on your desire. So if you have no desires, you have no food, he has no food, and it will let go. That's the only way. Philippians 4.12 I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. That we learn to live in both worlds. To be abound, yes, you all know that. But you know how to be abased. When people praise you, you feel good. When they say nasty thing toward you, you know how to take it. Have you been taught? Unfortunately, we are not taught to handle bad things coming at us. Bully, bully, I'm being bullied. We can't handle it. We haven't been taught how to handle it. We've never been taught to be hungry. Have you fasted for a day, two days, three days? We've never been taught. Food is abound, it's everywhere. Get into the house, you step on food. Open the fridge, it's always food. We've never been taught to be hungry. But the Apostle Paul says, I have been instructed. Who has instructed him? God has instructed him. Because there are times when we need to starve these leeches so that they will let go of you. The horse leech has two daughters. The names of one is avarice and the other is ambition. Avarice is greed, ambition is pride. The signs that the horse leech or this parasite is on you is your desire for things. The people who are born in the kingdom of God, God is their desire. Christ is their desire. If you desire anything other than God, other than Christ, that desire comes from avarice. It's come from greed. Because it will never satisfy you. You are only the conduit in which you transfer those things that you desire onto the horse's leech. Unfortunately, you're living in a world where it knows your weakness. It knows your emotional need. It knows that you want things and you quickly forget that they don't satisfy you. So it continues to feed you. We become suckers, literally, to the world. We sit there and we watch these commercials. We watch these ads between the games that you play. These ads start to feed to your greed, the avarice that comes and says, you want me, you want more of me. You need this right now, you need to have this. The world cater to their emotional appeal. We're moved by feelings, aren't we? Cute little things make us feel a certain way. Positive emotions such as trust, joy, love, and especially happiness through music and imagery, it makes you vulnerable to what? You're thinking that whatever they're showing you is what you need. 
campaign called Choose Happiness. The campaign tells you that to choose happiness, you need to drink this can of soda laden with sugar. Choose happiness. You will be happy. But the campaign will show you all this beautiful people enjoying life, bouncing around. It appears to your fear. What if your house burned down? You need this insurance. Well, what if your house burned down? How does the insurance help you if you're dead? Did you know that your insurance does not cover earthquake? And you're living in earthquake countries. Did you not feel those two earthquakes in San Francisco and one in right here in the Bay Area? You need earthquake insurance. What if you die? What happens to your family? Who's going to take care of them? Caters to your fear. And what do we do? I looked at it. Ah, I might need this. So I put it away. You can't scare me. I know where I'm going. God will take care of my family. I do what I can while I'm still alive, but if I'm dead, I can't do anything for them. Humor appeal. Humor disarms your rational guards and gives you a false sense of friendliness. You've seen those images of cows holding up signs, eat more chicken? <laughs> it is funny. It is so funny that they take your money all the way to the bank. Self-righteous appeal. Believe in something, even if it means sacrifice everything. Wow, that sounds so profound. Big board, the sign up there in the billboard. Does it make you trust that company more? Does it make you want to buy their shoes? Well, $6 billion later after that campaign, they're laughing at your, well, broken shoes now. All the things that you see, all these appeals to your senses is meant to trick you to buy more stuff and then you continue to need more stuff. There are more things like rational, sexual, scarcity, pride, all kinds of stuff. And if you study marketing, they'll teach you how to use this to con people. Are you vulnerable to these things? I'm sure most of us, we don't even think about it. Buy now, pay later. I thought that was like a warning, but no, that's an ad now. The world will convince you that you need more and more and more. And yet, the more things you get, those leeches continue to suck it out of you and you want more. You need to get rid of those leeches. Get the latest model. It's faster. It's newer. The previous model is now obsolete. Is it still fast? No, not compared to the new one. The new one, it can read your mind. The new one does your homework. The new one repair your marriage. If it can't, get your new one. One more thing. The new one comes in brand new color. It is called metallic albicant. Off-white. Ecclesiastes 5.10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. The horse leech has two daughters, avarice and ambition. Children of greed are never satisfied. They continue to suck your blood and they will breed. Let's talk about greed. Meet Avarice, the daughter of greed. She is the parasite that causes you to stockpile stuff. Now, how do you know that you are being infected with this parasite? Look at your stockpile of junk. If you have it, you got infected by greed. 
The symptom of being infected by avarice parasite is your lust for things you see and desire. You're never satisfied. The cure for this infection is give it away or burn it. I like that. Burn it. Generosity is the character of God. We have come to know God through this familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave. Greed is not the character of God. It is giving, generosity. Look at your friends. Look at your siblings, your family members. Are they givers or are they takers? Do they have the quality of God? Or are they, do they have unending pit of want? Give me, give me more, more. Are you motivated by greed or are you motivated by love? For God so loved the world that he gave. Generosity is motivated by love and not greed. It is the character of God that we should learn and possess. But you can't learn, you can't give when there's this parasite, greed, avarice, that is stuck onto you and keeps sucking away your life. Are you giving to the Lord? Some of you are working. Are you giving? But you say, but it's not a real job. You can point it to me where in the Bible it says, I only give to the Lord when I have a real job. Are you afraid of giving? Are you afraid that when you give to God, it's going to disappear? Let me tell you this. The thing that you should be afraid of is that parasite that keeps sucking away from you. The only eternal thing that you will have is when you give to God and take away from this parasite. I'm building the kingdom of God. I'm investing. When it comes out of me and into God's hand, it flourishes, it grows. But when I keep it, greed will start sucking it from me. Your need grows as the size and number of these parasites grow. Worms, they propagate pretty fast. So these leeches start growing all over your life, your spiritual life, and it gets hungrier and they get bigger in your life. So the more you feed it, the more it will grow and the more it will multiply. Matthew 5.40, if any man will sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, this is what Jesus says, let him have that cloak also. One way to get rid of this greed is to give away. You want this coat? Okay, here's my jacket too. You want this? Okay, here's that too. I don't need anything. I have the Lord. God is my sufficiency. Give generously, give freely, ask nothing in return. Don't expect anything. Imagine the world, imagine your family is like that. When you starve those avarice parasites, they will let go. They won't die, but they let go. Meet the other sister, ambition, pride. The sister of avarice is ambition, pride of life. 1 John 2, 16. Pride is fueled by envy. You see someone who has something and you want it, that is ambition, that is pride. According to the Oxford Dictionary, let me read to you the definition of envy. A feeling of discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Look over, the person next to you has the latest model of the phone, and you say, hmm, I wish. Envy, that's a parasite. It gets onto you, start leeching off of you. They always want more. What's wrong with wanting nice things, you say? Shouldn't we strive to have the best things in life? When we desire to accumulate things other than what's necessary for life, we devalue the good news. That is what's wrong. When you're going out there and you say, I have the good news, but I like what you have. 
That's the problem. The good news that you proclaim is not that good. Whoever else has something else is probably better. Then they will say, well, drop your good news and come and join me. That is the problem. If this is truly good, then I will say, keep your stuff. Actually, get rid of your stuff because I have something better. I have something better here. And when you can't say that with conviction, then this is not really something you have understood yet. So we need to come to know the good news. We need to come to depend on the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, so that this ambition, this pride, this envy will go away from you. Until this is weak, this has become treasure to you, you start grabbing and taking and owning everything else. And this has no value. You devalue the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're announcing that Christ is inadequate for me. I need that, I need that, I need those things. That's what we are saying when we say the gospel isn't enough when we want other things. Christ is truly sufficient. Then our pursuit should be Christ. The Apostle Paul says, I count all things but loss. Loss of all things. Everything when compared to Lord Jesus Christ is rubbish. To put it into the King James term, dung. Nothing. You don't even want to step on them. It will dirty your shoes or feet if you have given away your shoes already. Let's turn and look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Unrelenting compassion. How do you get rid of these leeches? Starvation is a way of getting rid of the horse leeches, but it does not prevent more leeches from attaching to you. You can starve them, but how long can you starve? Those leeches will come back. The cure is Christ's blood. That is the cure. I'll tell you why. One does not simply run away from your enemy and expect a full victory. You need to defeat the enemy to have complete victory. So how do you face the enemy? With Jesus' blood. Revelation 16, 3. And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in that sea. The blood of a dead man. The blood of Jesus Christ, when these leeches taste them, they will die. Do you have the blood of Jesus Christ in you? How did he do this? You see, Jesus had to die, and his death meant many things. One thing that it did was it killed off these leeches. So Jesus came and offered himself on the tree as basically a bait. What he's saying is he's offering himself on the tree, and these leeches detached themselves from you and crawled to him and attached themselves to him. Let me give you the quotation there, Galatians 1.4, who, speaking about Jesus Christ, gave himself for our sin. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God our Father. So Jesus Christ gave himself as an offering, give me your sin, give me those leeches, and they come to Christ. And when Christ died and shed his blood, these leeches, when they drink his blood, they die. They're not reborn like you and I. They cannot taste Christ's blood. They will die. Slavery to fear and need. The Lord came to deliver us out of the cycle of insatiable need by giving us a new heart. So when the leeches detach and move away from you, you get regenerated. God gives you a new heart. God gives you a new proclivity to life. You no longer want the things that the leeches want. 
You know those things that you want, those desires come from the leeches. They don't come from God. So when those leeches detach from you, you no longer want them. You have a new heart. And he died for you and I. Those leeches attach themselves to him. Those sin, the symbol for your sin that Christ took. It is because of your sin that you want all these things in life that cannot satisfy you. And Christ shed his blood to purge our conscience. We no longer want these things. And lust and fears, his blood, when infused into you, these leeches, they can't attach themselves to you anymore. See, you become immune, impervious. They can't attach to you. Because when they drink your blood, it is Christ's blood. When we partake, those who have just been baptized, when you partake in the Lord's blood and bread, his blood flows in you. These leeches, when they taste that blood, they will die. They will detach and they would know better not to come. New creature in Christ. Christ's death gave rise to a new eternal seed. The creature born by this seed is not corrupted by lust of the flesh and desires of the eyes. Those are the things, the windows into our souls. We see something, we want it, we desire it, we reach out to take it. Since the beginning, Eve saw the tree, saw the fruit, desired it, and then she took it. The blood of the Son of God flows and destroys this tendency. We no longer want these things. Those who are born in Christ are set free from the love of the world and the things that are in it. The desires for worldly things are gone because those pesky horse leeches are now gone from you. You no longer want these things. Take less, give more. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I have shown you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Take less, give more. I say take less, not take nothing, because there are certain things that we need to take. On the giving side, we have been delivered from the oppression of the insatiable greed through Christ's generosity. He gave so that we become more generous through him. Our response when we receive this generosity is to give. You have received freely, then give freely. Matthew 10, 8. As disciples of Jesus Christ, everything we have, we receive from Jesus Christ. Then give freely. You have received it freely. Becoming poorer. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye might through his poverty might be rich. Being poor is not a bad state. Being poor is actually a good state to be. Because when you are poor, you don't lose anything. You're not afraid to lose anything if you don't have anything to lose. And when you are poor, the only thing that you have are the most important and necessary thing for you. You don't have any extra things that you don't need. Extra things cost you money. That candle that you bought or someone gave you, by you keeping it in your house, it costs you money. Clutter your mind. We receive freely, give freely, because the gospel is a free gift. We don't charge for the gospel. We receive eternal life freely, we give freely. Learn to give, otherwise you'll never be an evangelist. Because an evangelist is someone who gives the gospel. So unless we learn generosity, unless you teach your children generosity, unless they learn how to give, we'll never tell them to preach the gospel. They don't know what it means to give. They hold on to every cent that they have or can obtain or stole it from someone. We need to trust God. 
the poor you are, the less need you be, because you don't need anything. Be poor in the Lord, because he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Trusting in God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. All the promises of God in him are yea and amen. God does not deny you anything that you need. God will, however, tell you the things that you don't need, you should stay away. He will not prevent you from having those things. It is up to you and I to make those smart choices by saying no to this world. God does not prevent you. Otherwise, you would be a robot. You only choose the good stuff and then can't choose the bad stuff. But God promises that he will give you the best things for your spiritual life. The answer to discontentment problem is to trust God's promises. Don't trust in your heart. I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat that juicy looking cake. Don't trust it. It's bad for you. Trust what God say. When you eat it, you will die. God knows what you need, and he will provide your need according to the riches in Christ. He became poor, but was he poor? For you. God gave us his son. How could you doubt that God would not give you everything that you need? Romans 8. He gives you everything that you need. He won't give you anything that will kill you. That's your own mistake. We choose things that will kill us, not God. Here are some of the promises of God. Psalm 34, 9. Fear the Lord and you lack nothing. If you have things that you can't fulfill, it's because you have no fear of God in your life. I guarantee this is what's happening for those people who work hard, who try everything, and still are in need because they have no fear of God in their life. Are you giving? If you're not, and why are you always lacking? Why you don't get that promotion in your work because there's no fear of God in your life? And you see those who fear God, they are blessed. How does someone who cut up fruits and go in the evening to sell those fruits have an ability to bless someone so richly? The fear of God, isn't it? Walk uprightly, and God will give grace and glory and every good thing. Psalms 84, verse 11. Walk uprightly, according to the scripture, and God will give you every good thing. Seek God's kingdom and his righteousness, and he will give you everything. Matthew 6, 35. Learn contentment. Hebrew 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. What do you have in your hand? God will use it. You don't need something that you don't have that God hasn't given to you. Don't look for something else. If I would have that, then I could do. No. God use whatever's in your hand. He can because he's that powerful. Be content with such things that you have. Don't look for things that you don't have and think that those things will help you because that is the voice of the horse leeches telling you, you need that. You're not going to be happy unless you have that. Do you say this? Do you hear your siblings, do you hear your friends say this? I need this. I want this. All the time. You see something, I need that. You don't need to build up this shopping list of things that you want. Those of you who shop on the biggest online store in the universe today, you start browsing. They begin to ship that thing that you think you're going to buy to you before you do it. It knows you. 
It knows how greedy we are. It knows what you're about to do because it knows because you are not unique and you are not special and you behave just like 100 other people, just like you around the world that does exactly the same thing. It knows. Don't think that, oh, I'm in control of everything. No. You're part of the machine. It knows. It knows when you're lying there in your bed browsing that app, it knows you're going to buy it, it's going to ship it to you. How do you think that the minute you buy something and then later that day it shows up at your door? Doppelganger search. People who are just like you all around the world behave and act just like you. Walk into a casino, it knows exactly how many games you're going to play and how much money you're going to lose. Don't be fooled. Learn to say, I don't need this. That should be your motto. I don't need this. Learn to say it out loud. I see something and there's something inside of me journeying and say, I don't need it. Or I talk to him and he will talk me out of it. Find somebody who will talk you out of it. When you really want it, you really want it. Talk to me. I will say, you don't need it. And over time, you learn you don't need anything. And you start giving away things. Learn contentment. Learn that everything that you have is what you need. You don't need anything more. Truly. Because the more stuff that you gain, those leeches are going to grow. You don't need it. Via negativa. The negative way. This is a way for us to learn to live with less. Because truly less is all you need. Jesus Christ is everything that you need. Be careful. Lest that same serpent that tricked Eve will trick you away from the simplicity that is in Christ. Jesus was simple. And the reason why he was simple, because he was perfect. Take away all the lies. Then what you left is the truth, isn't it? Via negativa is when you take away everything that you don't need, what you're left with is what you truly need. And I hope that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Unknow yourself. Jesus Christ knows what we need. And he said this, deny yourself. We must unknow ourselves. We must deny ourselves because we're made up of all of these wants and desires. When we take all of them out and we say we don't need it, try this. You say you need something. All your life, did you need it? You didn't have it up to this point. And why would you need it now where the previous 18 years of your life or 81 years of your life, you never need it. And suddenly now you need it. Does that make sense? It shouldn't make sense. And try to go a week without it. Do you still need it? Via negativa. The old, the worldly, the transient things must be allowed to pass away. Give it some time or find a friend. And then over time, there's a new model. Wait a minute. I was thinking about it when it was the old model and now it's a new I probably don't need it. You cannot put new wine in old bottles. You cannot mix God and everything else in the world. You need to empty out the world, replace the bottle, then God will give you a new bottle and then he will put new wine in there. You cannot mix old wine and new wine together. You cannot have the world and God together in one bottle. You cannot mix the gospel and this world. I know this is a strange gospel according to today's Christian standard or Christendom standard, but you cannot have both. You cannot have this world and you can have Jesus Christ. This life is so different. Lose your life. New life cannot start unless you are willing to lose that old self. Matthew 10, 39. He that findeth life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. To find the new life in Christ, one must deconstruct himself, dismantling what is not God in a negative way. So take out Examine yourself, your thoughts, everything that you are thinking about. Examine under the, the gospel microscope. Take the gospel and examine everything. Is this God? Is this Christ? If not, throw it out. 
You don't need it. It's a radical concept. Once you start doing that, you will see what's truly important. Take the gospel, examine everything. You really need all those 13 parachutes. Does the gospel really condone that kind of lifestyle? That's what I mean by examine it under the, the gospel. That 800 million people who are living in poverty today around the world. When you see someone, a little child, who is drowning in a pool, would you jump in and try to save that child? You would. There are 800 million dying right now. You start thinking about these things. I received a flyer, 30-hour famine, so that we start thinking about this. And the only thing that comes into some of our minds is, what? Not eating for 30 hours? Are you kidding me? We should begin to examine our motives through the lens of the gospel. We say we love. Is our life reflected in that kind of mentality, or we just like to say it, or only when some people are looking at us. Third, uncomplication, 2 Corinthians 11.3. But I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. This world is underwritten by the devil, will lure you as it did with Eve, with the goodness tasted. You will be happy if you have it. You will be content. Gain is good. You need more. You need to have more. The need to satisfy these temporary urges. If you don't buy now, the price will go up. This corruption of Christ's simplicity is caused by discontentment. You look at the things in your life and you say, well, there's something that's better out there and I can afford it. But do you need it? Is it necessary for your Christian walk? Is it necessary for the kingdom of God? You don't need it. The Apostle Paul says that they were beguiled, thinking that gain is godliness. Gain is not godliness. Having more is not mean that you are more godly. When you don't know what's inside, dump it out and see what's inside. Think that you need something, go without it. Invert, always invert. See if you need it. Can you walk to school? You don't know until you start walking to school see how far you get. Can you live a week without your phone? Try it. Invert it. You have been living for weeks with your phone. Now try living a week without your phone. See if it works. Invert. Always invert. Uncomplicate things. And lastly, give the good, but take the bad. There's something we need to take. We need to take the bad. Because within you is the blood of Jesus Christ. You want those leeches to come to you but you want to give the good. You can fight those leeches. You can kill those leeches. But you need to give the good. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. That's what Jesus Christ did. What are you and I would do? Will we be like him? Will we say, hey, bring me the ugly. Bring me the bad. Bring me the sin. Bring me the brokenhearted. But I will give you the best that the gospel will promise. That's how we should live our life. Take in the bad, when people are discontent, when people are upset, you can say, direct all those to me. I can take those things, but I will not turn around and curse you and make you feel inferior or bad. I will give you the gospel. I will give you the Lord Jesus Christ. Cast your sin, Jesus says. He will cast your sin into the depths of the sea. That's our responsibility. We take people's leeches, we wind them up and we throw them into the sea of forgetfulness. 
That's what we've been called to do. Let's come to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the things that you have done on our behalf. You live a life so simple. You set a perfect example for all those who follow in your footsteps to live a life that is wholly devoted to God. Those things in this life, God help us, each one of us, to say, negate those things in our lives that cause us to be attached to this world, break these desires, these discontentment that we have toward the things that you said that you would give us. Help us to detach ourselves, Lord, from these leeches, from the, the greed and the pride of this life, and allow us to live freely and to live gloriously for your name and for the gospel's sake. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.